Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Monday. It is October the 2nd, and we are rolling to you live from Liberty Hill, Texas, America. Had a nice chat with my neighbors in the yard yesterday. It's October, so even though I called it out last week, it is officially okay, I think, for you to put up your Halloween decorations. We did that. It's a great time to be able to see your neighbors out in the street and see uh, who has kids, because I'll tell you what, if you see the guy that's got the uh, 15-foot-tall skeleton in the front yard and he has no children, that is the house to avoid. If you see the ones where the kids are running out there setting up the graveyards and all the other kind of things, that's how it's supposed to be done. All right, folks, we've got an interesting show for you today, and I've got like kind of a... I've got like a seed of an idea that I want to plant in your head. I'm working through a book by a guy named Vince Flynn, and it was written in 1997. And it's a book that's called Term Limits. Some of you guys know about this. I'm, uh, I'm about a third of the way, maybe, maybe close to halfway through it. I don't actually sit down and read as much as I used to, just grabbing a piece of paper and getting the words off there. And I started doing that, and this story is incredibly interesting because a lot of people have brought it up to me in recent times. The story is... How do we take back our government? Is there a way to do it with use of force? Is there a way to do it with minimal use of force? Is there a way to do it peacefully? And this book, Term Limits, is a story of violence. It's a story of intrigue. It's a story of some special operations guys that go and do a targeted assassination. Interesting kind of a just thought experiment. But what was more interesting to me than anything else is that we're talking about 1997 United States. In 1997, the conversation was... 25 years too far down the line. And now we're we're 25 years past that. Are we 50 years down the line my entire life and more of a completely captured American government? And did we know that just before 9-11 and we had the can kicked down? I think that's kind of the germination. That's the seed that is kicking around in my head that our current government and the, and the governed by crisis, as Victoria Sparks told us the other day, this sort of rule by continuing resolution. If I'm going to get into what a continuing resolution is and why they're, I think they're a major problem, but that's been going on for basically the entire time that I've been alive. And certainly all of the time that I've been aware of politics, probably the same thing for most of you. It's really troubling. It's really troubling if it looks like 9-11 was the distraction that allowed us to have 25 more plus years of this garbage set of policies. And uh, the the concept of the uniparty and distracting us, the laser pointer on the on the carpet that I always talk about, I feel like that's part of it too. So before we get uh, too too well into this week, let's go ahead and say thanks to our friends over at Catholic Vote. Uh, today's loop is right here. You guys can go sign up for this thing at CatholicVote.org. It's really easy. They are the uh, the biggest single sponsor for our channel, and we're really appreciative of them. Today's loop for October second. Uh, is going to start with a, uh, a piece about cardinals talking to the Pope about Catholic doctrine. That may not be interesting to all of you. The Senate passing the funding bill. That's what we're going to be getting into in a big way today. Uh, congressman pulling a fire alarm. Today's episode is actually called Playground Rules because, you know, there are certain rules that you have to abide by on the playground. And apparently you don't have to do that if you're a Democrat. Eventbrite deplatformed Chloe Cole who is a, a known detransitioner that has been speaking out about the transgender movement. Probably worth your time to check that one out. Uh, schools keeping DEI despite anti-racism laws. In fact, they're doing things against the law because uh, why do they care? Again, playground rules, rules for some. We know who not to play with. 
the majority of Americans said they will not take a new COVID shot. 52% will probably or definitely not get the COVID shot. That seems like that's probably worth a little bit more of our time. Maybe uh, later on this week. We've got a couple things going on. But uh, really thank them. And uh, go check out CatholicVote.org. CatholicVote.org in the fight for faith, family, and freedom. Our favorite folks over there. Go ahead and sign up for the loop and get that. Like I said, it's it's totally worth your time. I've recommended to people... Uh, Guys like uh, David Pollock, who I follow on Twitter and has a radio show. He was like, oh, that's really helpful. Good stuff. Okay, let's let's dig straight into it. Uh, topic number one, Ryan, was, this is this is from Breitbart. I think, uh, I think this is what everybody was talking about. This, we had a little viral tweet that went out there. I noticed as I was leaving church on Sunday that on the door side of a wall was one of those handicap access pieces. You just push it and it opens the door. It's got a picture of a wheelchair on it. It's in silver, it's a square, and it's got blue writing on it. And that means you can exit, it'll open the door for you. And then you'll find what uh, Jamal Bowman decided to pull to open, and it is a, uh, a red box. Many of you are familiar with this red box because you are over the age of seven years old. And what I said was is that my six-year-old had a difficult choice in front of her. We'll call it Bowman's Dilemma. Do you pull the fire extinguisher or the fire alarm um, notification, or do you just push the box that actually opens? My kids know which one to do, and they're six and four. They know which one opens the door because it's actually a big thrill for little kids. If you, if you don't have little kids, you've missed out on this for a while. They go and they push the button to open the elevator, and that's a big deal. You push the button, that's the square that opens up the door when mom and dad are coming in with the baby or a toddler, big stuff, okay? This is too difficult for a congressman who's 47 years old, who has the same degree that uh, Dr. Jill Biden has, he has a, uh, a PhD in education. This is a guy who at 47 is sitting in, he's a member of the squad, and it gives us a moment to reflect on sort of the dichotomy of the people that, that are out there in the Democrat party. They seem to fall probably into three different categories. There might be some smart, smart people. I don't know them, but they must be the really scary ones. They're the ones we should be most concerned about. But then there's what Dan Bongino calls the stupid smart people. These are people with degrees, with education, that have done stupid things like vote Democrat. And then there's the maybe what uh, Jamal falls into. And these are the smart, stupid people. The entire squad, the so-called squad, which is the AOC contingent, the socialist contingent that uh, is highly radical and they don't play by the rules that everybody else does. These are the kids that you don't want in your game on the playground. And Jamal is one of those people. I think he's one of the smart, stupid people. He's got degrees, but they don't mean anything. A degree in education, to me, he founded a school, which is amazing. It's the Cornerstone Activism School in, in, uh, in uh, the Bronx. We'll read about that in just a second. But uh, you've got these people out there that are, they're smart enough to manipulate people, but they're not smart people. And that's why you get some of the ridiculous, the absolutely absurd excuses that this guy came up with. So let's let's uh, run down a couple of these little things. So this is coming from Breitbart, uh, being reported on by, who, who's the uh, the author here? Matthew Boyle, it says an exclusive capital sources show uh, Jamal Bowman, he threw signs to the floor warning that it was an emergency only exit and then he pulled the fire alarm. Now, the reason why is very unclear to us. Nobody really knows what goes on. But as there was going to be a vote in the House on Friday, this is uh, before the weekend, we had uh, this, this strange moment where a guy pulls the fire alarm. This is Jamal Bowman. He's a Democrat representing the Bronx. And he pulls it supposedly to delay something that he ended up voting a yay on. All of that makes it even weirder. It's not even the reason that he voted or that he uh, that he actually did it that matters to me. It's the fact that he lied about it in such a bizarre way. That just tells me there's something else going on here. 
So Jamal Bowman ripped down two signs. If you're looking at our uh, our channel, you can see in the top right-hand side, there's kind of this fourplex of pictures. One of them is a standing pedestal sign that says emergency exit only. And then they have multiple signs on the door itself that says that you can't get out this door. It will uh, unlock if you pull down an alarm and then uh, activate the, uh, the emergency. If you push the thing, it takes multiple seconds to get out. Uh, I'm guessing these are all part of the procedures they had to try to lock down after the Capitol. Uh, many of us saw that the, these doors are on mag, mag locks. They have to actually be released. Or if you are stuck, they don't want you to burn alive at a door that's locked from the interior. So they actually have a release mechanism, but it's going to set off an alarm. And this is what Jamal Bowman triggered. Now, all of that is bizarre. All of that is weird. The, uh, the pictures are all over the internet. You can easily find them, but we're showing you just a couple of them. There is a very pretty clearly marked fire box uh, it is the same docs you've seen in every high school and middle school and elementary school that you were told in case of fire, they don't put glass on them anymore. You don't have to break the glass in order to get in there. But in order to access them, you have to pull and you're going to like basically break some like safety mechanism. You have to flip up part of the box, pull the damn thing down and fire off this alarm. And, uh, and that was too much for a man who has three degrees, an undergraduate, a master's and a PhD. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Fire. You have to flip it up and then pull it down if you want to activate it. And he did. And he did. But that's not the weirdest part. The two weirdest parts for me were the leftist media covering for him in an absolutely absurd moment of gaslighting. And then the second piece of it that's so, so bizarre is that he lied about it. He went and released a statement on Twitter. So we're going to cover both of those. So let's roll up topic two, which is just NPR's coverage of it. The GOP wants this guy punished, they said, because he triggered a fire alarm. Um, he didn't trigger it on Saturday. My understanding was it was on Friday, but that's okay. He, uh, he, they said he was delaying the vote. He said he's, um, he, this is his actual words. I'm embarrassed to admit that I activated the fire alarm, mistakenly thinking that it would open the door. I regret this. And I sincerely apologize for any confusion this has caused. So they're, they're saying that the, uh, the Republicans have emphatically gone after him, that they are going to try to do anything they can to get him done. And, uh, you know, they're going to charge him in the same way that the uh, January 6th rioters. That's the, that's, that's, that's the right-wing, you know, Republicans pounce moment. When you think of how people were treated when they wanted to come in and change the course of what was going on in this building. Of course, this is an oblique reference by Kevin McCarthy with those words to uh, January 6th. He knows it's a political loser for him, apparently. So he's not going to talk about it too far. But he does want you to know that uh, he has to say something. He has to mouth something because we're all thinking it. How in the hell did you get that point? How do you get to the point where you're going to pull down a fire alarm and then you're going to lie about it? So let's see what he actually said. This is Jamal's statement. Jamal Bowman, the, uh, the representative, he put out a statement on Twitter. So can you pull that one up? Just We'll just read some of it. Why not we just hear the guy in his own words? This is um, from September 30th. He said, I want to personally clear up confusion surrounding today's events. Oh, okay. He's going to clear up the confusion by being confusing. Today, I was rushing to make a vote and I came to a door that is usually open for votes. But today would not open. Now, we just saw the pictures of that door, and that's false. The door is not normally open. There's no reason why it would be. He said, I'm embarrassed to admit, so he's admitting to it, that I activated the fire alarm, mistakenly thinking that it would open the door. I regret this, and I sincerely apologize for any confusion that it caused. Now, the, uh, the statute that many people were charged, 18 U.S.C., 15, I think it's 1512, when it came to January 6th, this, uh, this sort of obstruction of Congress, obstruction of an official proceeding, it doesn't require intent, as my friend Stephen Friend has pointed out on Twitter as well. It's not necessary that you intended to obstruct Congress. It's just that you did, that you did it through some sort of corrupt purpose. When you're lying, obviously lying, because your education level would tell us there's no way you don't know what you're talking about, that you don't know what a freaking fire alarm is, 
we can't believe you. So it just leads us that, to think that there's a corrupt purpose going on there. And we actually have some more mainstream media coverage from MSNBC. They wanted to clear this up too. They would hate for you to think that uh, Jamal Bowman either doesn't know what's going on or that you have the real story that some grown man at 47 years old doesn't get it, doesn't understand how the fire alarm works. Let's go ahead and play video number one because we're just going to clear this all up for you. you guys. Just take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. Just let's see what they have to say over at MSN. Last thing I want to mention, and then we're going to take a quick break. Um, there was a mention of Jamal Bowman, Congressman um, Jamal Bowman, and the pulling of some sort of fire alarm. And I just want to read for you some of the reporting so you understand what actually went on there. Um, there were some reports that began to emerge about Representative Bowman, who was um, seen pulling some sort of fire alarm um, in the Cannon House office building earlier today. We got a statement on that. Um, saying Congressman Bowman did not realize he would trigger a building alarm as he was rushing to make an urgent vote. The congressman regrets any um, confusion, just to clarify some things on that, because I know there was um, likely some folks kind of scratching their heads, wondering what it was they were asking um, Speaker McCarthy about. <laughs> Does that hurt your feelings, Ryan? Does that make your brain hurt? <laughs> I'm glad that she cleared it up for us, man. I'm really glad. Yeah, I just saw in the chat, how did this woman even breathe when she's walking through there? Like the people that are, can she chew bubblegum and walk at the same time? Is she able to think and breathe? Because this woman just said something that is absolutely absurd. And she's she can't believe the things that she said if she's smart enough to be sitting at that news desk. And they just do it with a straight face at this point. They don't care. They're willing to lie right through their teeth, right at you. You know, grown man, he just he just was confused by the silver box versus the, the red box that says fire that we've all seen since we were little kids. Like I said, my six-year-old knows the difference. Um, maybe if you can't figure that out, you don't belong in Congress. Maybe you should resign. Instead, what we see are things like Matt Gates resign, right? That's what's trending on Twitter. I saw that. That's uh, the, the political left is super mad that he's going to hold the line. And of course, the establishment Republicans are also mad that he's holding the line. We're going to get into that in a little bit here. What I wanted to do is do a little bit of talk about uh, some more of this media gaslighting. Uh, video number three, if you'll get that ready to go. These are the kind of people that are bringing us the so-called news. They're bringing us information. It just lets me know that there's more going on behind the scenes. Do you remember uh, there was this guy named Ray Epps? Do you remember him, Ryan? Remember Ray Epps? Definitely, man. Have you seen him? <laughs> I've seen Ray Epps. I, you know, he was just charged with a misdemeanor, right? He has uh, He's facing up to 364 days, days in jail for his uh, incitement that was going on on January 5th and January 6th. They brought Ray Epps. Do you remember what program he went live with? Do you remember who he went to go tell his story to when it was time to get that out there? CNN or 60 Minutes? Yeah, Which one was it? 60 Minutes. It was 60 Minutes. He got out there and he did 60 Minutes. He wanted you to know that he has never worked for the FBI. He didn't say anything about DHS or any of the other entities that are under DOJ, but he, he never worked for the FBI. So we should all take him at his word. You know, C, CNN, uh, MSNBC, but definitely CBS. These guys are never going to bring you something that is false. And so... Yeah, let's let's play a little bit of how we frame an interview with possibly the most corrupt attorney general. This guy is far worse and stupider. He doesn't even believe what he's saying. I'm going to watch the body language as we we kind of take apart some of this video. But the man can't even believe his own statements. I want to I want to square up our next segment here by getting Scott Pelley doing his editorial. I want you to think of any human being in your life that talks like this. That's maybe maybe somebody that's standing at a pulpit who's doing kind of an act. Some of the, these these preachers kind of put on kind of a, a persona. Scott Pelley is about to preach to you. This is video number three. Let's prep this sucker and, and let's let's just see what we what we know about Scott Pelley getting ready to interview Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States. 
Not since Watergate has an attorney general been at the center of such a firestorm. Merrick Garland's Justice Department is prosecuting both former President Trump and the son of President Biden. Caught in the middle is this 70-year-old former prosecutor and well-respected judge with a long history as a moderate. We met Garland Friday in Washington. He told us that he devoted his life to the rule of law because of his family's struggle to escape the Holocaust. Now he's responsible for prosecutions that will shape the future of the nation. In a rare interview, the attorney general told us that in the Trump and Biden trials ahead, his prosecutors will pursue justice without fear and without favor. <laughs> the story will continue in a moment. Without fear and without favor. That's how I always talk to my friends. I get deep. I very comfortably perch my one cheek of my buttocks upon a stool that is sitting in the middle of a dark soundstage. And then I tell you things that somebody else wrote. That's just how we do it when we tell you the truth. Scott Pelley is a good actor. You can't deny that. He looks like what a natural robot would would sort of appear to be. He's very human-like, wouldn't you say, Ryan? I mean, he looks like a guy that would tell you a thing that comes right off a teleprompter. And I don't believe anything yeah, looks he like said. Your grandpa telling you fish stories, <laughs> but that that fish story is well too practiced. Like that's one and a quarter bourbons down fish stories. It's just perfectly lubricated <laughs> to be able to just come out very velvety. It's coming right at you. It actually reminds me of what happens when Garrett O'Boyle, my buddy, who we're going to play a clip from in a second, when he starts doing a fake TV radio voice. That's what he sounds like. That's what Scott Pelley sounds like to me. He sounds like a fraud. And you, they gaslight you right to your face. They just tell you a lie and they make you try to choke it down. We saw Knuckles McGroin in the chat over here say that he can't believe that we're talking about someone who is a known moderate, right? Always has been fair. That's what that's what uh, the reputation of Merrick Garland is. Is that right? There's a reason why even Glitch McConnell couldn't approve that guy under the Trump presidency or under the Obama, sort of the last year of the Obama era, right? Like they wouldn't put him in the Supreme Court because he's not a known moderate. He's a leftist loony. And he doesn't even believe what he says. We're going to play a couple of clips from it. If you didn't go watch that 60 minutes, there's 13 minutes of your life that you'll never be able to get back if you go watch it. So I've done it for you and you'll only have to suffer through about three minutes of it. But you should know the way that they're trying to present this. And like I said, it's always interesting. It's always the same sources. There's people at the New York Times they'll go to when they want to launder a story. There's people at MSNBC that they'll launder a story with. And then there's 60 minutes when they want to go out there and tell you that someone is absolutely fair when they're a moderate. They are not a problem. There's no reason for you to think otherwise. Pretty gross. Um, yeah, yeah, just awful. I want to, I want to say, uh, since I brought him up, I want to, I want to bring up his, uh, his merch stuff. I'm actually wearing the Are You Suspendables shirt right now. Okay, this is the shirt. Go to the-suspendables.com and check out Garrett O'Boyle's website, the Suspendables merch. Uh, get those things rolling if you want to see it. Here's mine. There it is, right there. Boom. The-suspendables.com. You can pick up the uh, merch in multiple different colors. And this one supposedly is a one-off because we actually have the Betsy Ross. We call this the Betsy Ross Suspendables. And then there's also the badge, uh, which you'll see over here on this side. We're getting all this stuff out to you guys. The hat is a Suspendables merch hat. This is the upside down American flag. It shows that we are in a state of duress, just like our agency is in a state of duress. This is the uh, the FBI. And yet we're going to hear otherwise from a Merrick Garland. See how we, we weave all that together? Merrick Garland is going to tell you that it's fair, it's balanced. There is no heavy hand coming from the Biden administration on what they are doing. If you believe that, I think we have some islands that we'd like to sell you and a large body of water in the middle of Utah. Maybe you would like to buy something 
some property right in the middle of the uh, right in the middle of the Dead Sea. That's not what's out there. What's out there? What's the big inland sea that's out in Utah? Why can I not? The Great Salt Lake. In my head, it's always the same. It's the salt problem. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's hear what Mayor Garland said. He wants you to know that there's just nothing going on. There's just nothing that you should be worried about. Why would you fear this fair, balanced, even-handed, moderate, right down the middle of the road guy? Let's do video number four and uh, get a little taste. It's about two minutes long, so there's a little bit of it. I'm going to let him say it in his own turn. I want you to watch his body language. Watch what he does with his head when he says the things that even he doesn't disagree. He can't even agree with himself. Watch him shake his head. Let's rock and roll on this one. We do not have one rule for Republicans and another rule for Democrats. We don't have one rule for foes and another for friends. We don't have one rule for the powerful and another for the powerless, for the rich or for the poor or based on ethnicity. We have only one rule. And that one rule is that we follow the facts and the law and we reach the decisions required by the Constitution and we protect civil liberties. Are you essentially saying as Attorney General to the American people, trust me, well, in the end, I, I suppose it does in the end come down to trust, but it's not just me. It's decades of the of the norms of this department that are part of the DNA of the career prosecutors who are running the investigation um, and supervising the investigations that you're talking about. Former President Trump faces two federal trials, one for allegedly hoarding classified documents and covering it up, the other for allegedly conspiring to seize power after the 2020 election. Okay. Attorney General Garland has said little about this, and we wanted to understand why. Well, I think the first thing to understand is because these are pending cases, because there are two federal indictments, the longstanding rule in the Justice Department is that we can't comment about pending cases. Where does that rule come from? What's the point? One reason is to protect the privacy and the civil liberties of the person who's under investigation. It's to protect witnesses who also may or may not become public later in an investigation. And then finally, it's to protect the investigation itself. Um, investigations proceed in many different directions, eventually coming to a fruition, a decision to charge or not charge about a particular thing or not. And if witnesses and potential subjects knew everything that the investigators had previously looked at and were about to look at, it could well change testimony. It could well make witnesses unavailable. Is that not hard to watch? Isn't that the hardest thing in the world to watch, Ryan? When, when I see these guys do this stuff, it, it absolutely blows my mind. It blows my mind that they think that they are communicating something. We're going to go through kind of an, an analysis when you listen to these things. I used to you know, interview people for a living. This is what you do. Uh, I've done it both as a paramedic. I've done it as a uh, as an FBI agent. We're seeing a bunch of you guys out there saying, first of all, uh, Kay Daly says this is this SHIT is so wild. Yeah, I've got little kids. Uh, we're still believing the lies still. Of course not. Of course not. That's what we comment on here. And the, and I saw that uh, Eric Jason and, and uh, Rumble Rick both throwing it out there saying, hit the like button. So folks, if you're watching and you like what you're seeing, give us a like on the on the stream that makes the uh, the thumb turn green we do appreciate you guys doing that so here's the deal a couple of pet peeves of mine one of the things is when someone says may or may not can you just evaluate the possibilities that there are any other capable answers listen you may or may not know what i'm talking about okay is there any other thing you knew but you forgot that would mean you don't there's only two possibilities so he's just said nothing and they do this all the time. This is a witness that we may or we may not call. We may or we may not influence things. 
and and Scott, Scott Pelley's not a real interviewer because he says, where did that rule come from? I want you to think about the answer we just heard. We may even have to roll that tape a second time. And the reason why is this. Have you guys ever seen Merrick Garland when he testifies in front of Congress when they ask an unscripted question? You ever seen how, how competent that guy is? How good he is under the gun when somebody asks a question that he's not prepared for or challenges him? He stutters. He stammers. He sounds like he's going to cry. He just falls apart. But they're trotting out a couple of things that are part of the narrative. And then, uh, and Ryan just reminded me in our little private uh, sidebar here that this is what Dan Bongino would call scandal laundering, where they go through and they just quote fake sources and they, and they move things forward so that they can get information into the public and they make you hear it over and over again. They did it with the uh, Ray Epps piece. They went out there and, and laundered his scandal and they're doing the same thing with this whole um, influence peddling that's going on and the fact that they are covering up for the Biden administration. Here's the things I want you to think about. Number one, He's absolutely unable to comment on unscripted questions, and he is smooth as a baby's butt. I got a little baby right now. I got a one-month-old, a five-week-old baby at home. Her butt is super smooth, smooth like the way Garland just answered a question. How many takes would you imagine it took to get Merrick Garland saying those things? How many jump cuts are in there with the editors making him sound good? Do you think they would do that for a Donald Trump? Would they make Donald Trump sound as clean and classy and capable and polished and ready to go as they could? Would they radio voice it up for him? Or would they try to get him stammering and going like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, 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 I. the question is not why uh, do we have this policy? The question is who could change this policy and do the American people deserve transparency? Do we not deserve an open and unbiased, let's say unvarnished take on this stuff? Do the American people deserve that? Do you think that they do? Because I don't think Merrick Garland does. Or do we need to be gaslit into oblivion when you have done something that is so unprecedented and so insane, they've acted like it's normal that they've gone after Donald Trump for documents. That's not normal. That's insane. You said it in the chat. I'm watching you guys kind of scroll through whether we're talking about the, uh, the, the Clinton sock drawer scandal or we're talking about the fact that Biden had classified documents hanging out in his garage next to his Corvette. It doesn't make a difference. This is not stuff that we go after political opponents for. And we've normalized it. We've normalized something that is so wild and so outside the bounds that the only way that you can make it normal is they just keep talking about it like it's normal. They just even-handedly in a Scott Pelley radio voice have gone out there and addressed something that is a, a, a new, unbelievable low for this country. And like I said, it brings me back to this, this book, this Vince Flynn book. We've, we keep hitting new lows. And the only way that I think they were able, they being like the, the political elites in this country that sort of operate as a, as a uniparty, and we're going to get into a little bit of uniparty in a bit too. The only way that we can see this stuff is because we're, we're talking about we're talking about like 9-11 was the reset. It just got us distracted by something else. And what do they do? Instead of bringing Americans together and instead of passing laws that would have been like useful to our protection, we've had essentially security theater with the TSA, more government, more, more, more government. And, in, and, and all of that stuff has gone to, to do the opposite. It's not made us any more safe as far as I can tell. They've just kicked, the, it's made them more safe. It's allowed the entrenched people in Washington to become more and more safe. And we continue to have the same faces that now have silver hair, kind of giving this just absolute BS take on the world. It doesn't matter what you call it, PSYOP or otherwise. This is, uh, is fifth-generation warfare at its finest. This is keeping you distracted and outraged at other things long enough 
for them to continue the agenda. And the agenda right now, and it seems like it's pretty open. Uh, our buddy FBI Panny Ray did a, a uh, did a, a poll about it, which I put out on Twitter, so you guys can go in and weigh in on that poll. The percentage of politicians that we think are getting paid off with Ukraine laundered money. When uh, somebody that's paying attention in Idaho and has been a government servant and has worked in corporate America, because I know a little bit about uh, FBI panty raids background. We talk in the background. When when I know what, that that guy is looking at something and my wife, who basically uh, handles children at home in Texas, a Texas housewife is looking at it and she sees the same exact thing. And she's, she literally asked me that on Sunday. How much of this money that we keep approving for Ukraine is getting funneled back into the pockets of the people that are signing off on it? Man. I don't know, but we got we got a, a little video that we're going to bring up uh, that you guys can take a look at. And you tell me if you believe any of these clowns at this point. And are they just kicking the can? Do they just kick the can down for another 25 years? Do we just eat two and a half decades more of this garbage? Because it's just so gross to watch. We've got another video of Merrick Garland. But I'm just telling you, that video we just showed, he didn't tell us anything. He he just blabbed on on policy and none of it was real. It was not a real line. Like I said, you can just tell because of the way he delivered it. Let's do video five because this is the crux of the issue. Is the Biden administration involved in going after their political opponents or is this a really uh, special counsel type thing? Remember, they, they, they're they going to trot out the same points over and over again that Donald Trump was the original guy who hired David Weiss. And that's why it's fair. That's why they're going to say it's fair what they're doing with Hunter Biden. Never mind the fact that that guy worked with uh, Hunter's brother. Never mind the fact that he's representing a state in Delaware where he would have had regular interactions with uh, with Joe Biden. That's 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 not something we can listen to. We should just take Merrick Garland at his word. Let's do uh, what is it? Video number five. Let's do that. Hands off, ladies and gentlemen. They've had a hands off policy. You are not in communication with the president or any member of his administration with regard to the investigation of former President Trump. No, I am not. If President Biden asked you to take action with regard to the Trump investigation, what would your reaction be? I am sure that that will not happen, um, but I would not uh, do anything um, in that regard. Um, and if necessary, I would resign. But. There is no uh, sense that anything like that will happen. Have you ever had to tell him hands off these investigations, Mr. President? No, because he has never tried to put hands on these investigations. Separately. <laughs> will you play the, the first like five or six seconds? I just want to hear Scott Pelley ask that question. I want to critique that one second, Ryan. We play it one more time. I want people to tune into what he just asked him, the way that he phrased that question. You are not in communication with the president or any member of his administration That's with regard to the investigation. of. OK, you are not. That's called feeding the answer. That's feeding your subject the answer that you're expecting. I expect you to answer in the in the negative. And he doesn't even do it in the way saying like he, there's, there's more sophisticated ways of doing it. There's there's entire um, newsbuster clips of getting these people where they feed them a line and then the subject gives it back to them. And they may have to do that multiple times to get that because you can tell these are multi-take. That's why it's so smooth. You are not involved with this. He just tells him what it is. He's giving him the line because Merrick Garland is a really, really poor actor. And they probably had to do that multiple times. So they couldn't get him to go. So he just did it for him. He straightened him out. Um, all that being said is they're, they're trotting out this interesting line about how Merrick Garland is a victim. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this, but Merrick Garland is actually the victim of mean people on the conservative right. Mean people are really attacking him 
And that's attacking people because of his background. They're saying, how come we know that you're going to be fair? How do we know that you're going to be doing the right thing? I never heard this before. I never heard this under Obama when he was nominated for the Supreme Court. I never heard it during the original uh, sort of fight to get him in as uh, attorney general when they did the confirmation hearings. None of this stuff came up. What did they did they ever bring up the fact that his family was killed in the Holocaust? Is that is that something you guys ever heard until right now when they're trying to defend his actions, that he is not engaged in political prosecutions and political persecution? I never heard it before. But they've mentioned it in every setting. He's now got prepared remarks as he goes and sits in front of Congress. And his last testimony, that was one of the things he did. It was a sobby story. He's not a very good actor, but he got weepy. He already sounds like he's crying. He's an old man that sounds like he's crying. So they were able to pull that out. And then you got you got this thing. They just keep talking about how it's because he's so full of integrity because people he knows were affected by the Holocaust. And that's how you know that he would never do something wrong. You know. How about people that were affected by the Holocaust? Isn't there that guy, uh, what's his name, George Soros? Wasn't he involved? Didn't he know people that died in the Holocaust? That makes him beyond, beyond questioning, I'm sure. How dare you? Anyone that wants to question him is an anti-Semite. Let's play this little clip from uh, from Seb Gorka. So uh, Garrett O'Boyle and I had the, the pleasure of, of talking to our friend, Dr. Seb Gorka, on his Newsmax show for Sunday evening. And, uh, and Garrett and I did this little hit together. I want to just play Garrett's part. You guys hear plenty of me. But let's play a little piece from Garrett about the impact of what we were supposed to take away as FBI agents when you go to the Holocaust Museum. And um, and maybe if you guys believe, you believe Merrick Garland or do you believe my friend Garrett O'Boyle? I'm not trying to sway you, but I'm definitely trying to sway you. Let's just, I'll just tell you when I'm trying to sway you. I don't need to be a Scott Pelly type. Let's do video number two. Let's roll that sucker up. My question is, what is it that, Average Americans who used to respect the agency, who looked up to the G-men, what do they need to know about this agency? Because we hear this, oh, it's the seventh floor, it's the leadership, it's not the rank and file. Garrett, let's start with you. How bad is the problem of weaponization of federal law enforcement? It's, I don't even know all the words I can I can put to it to describe how bad it is. It, it's completely weaponized against the populace, or at least half of the populace. You know, Dr. Gorka, you had that image up there, Biden's Gestapo. And one of the things that is near and dear to both Kyle and I is the Holocaust Memorial Museum trip that we take. And one of the main tools that the Gestapo used was fear. And that's what this FBI is using. That's what this government is using. They're trying to get people completely afraid of them, and it's working. You know, in Germany, they called they called people like the Jews and communists and Catholics, they called them Untermensch. And we have our own class of untermensch in this uh, society again now today because of the FBI. Yeah, the untermensch, the subhumans, if you dare to uh, support President Trump, if you believe that we should be equal before the law, or if you want to protect your 12-year-old child outside of Planned Parenthood from a lunatic, pro-death, pro-abortion crazy, then the feds will come and raid your home. That story is really the story of the police state. It's the story that we should all be scared of. And in order to have a good police state, you need to have a good propaganda minister. You got to have people in the mainstream media that are willing to go out there and do that. The United States has a really strange model. In historical police states, what we have seen is a capture, state-run media. And what we now have are people that are so sycophantic that like, they've been raised in a way that they are unable to think any, any way outside of the box other than accepting sort of the government the government storyline. And moreover, I would say that the mainstream media people right now, they're so excited about being part of the club. They want to be part of that team that they're willing to 
uncritically evaluate and they will spoon feed the line to the government propaganda minister who's not even very good at giving the line because Scott Pelley's pretty good at it. As I said, like he looks like a really natural guy standing there and he's just having just a regular, regular conversation where he tells Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States, what his answer is. Truly bizarre, truly bizarre stuff. But you got to figure out, do you believe them or do you believe someone like a Garrett O'Boyle who got canceled simply because he has some moral principles that he's going to stand behind? We're actually going to touch on what those moral principles look like. Uh, it is starting to come to light. You know, the, up, the upside to it is this. You can't keep the truth under for very long. It always leaks out, even in totalitarian regimes. It comes forward and everyone starts to see it. And uh, even Joe Rogan is starting to pay attention to what that truth looks like. So we'll touch that in just a second. Before we do that, I want to say thanks to someone who is the opposite, the opposite of these propaganda ministers. How about our friends over at Patriot Coolers? You guys know them? You know what I'm talking about? There they are. Check this one out. Use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. It gets you 10% off. And today we are featuring the 20 ounce stainless tumbler. If you are so inclined, you can have something made of steel that looks like it's made of wood. I know there's a lot of different people have it. Somebody told me uh, on social media that they didn't understand why that they made those. I don't know either, but I'll just tell you this. Ryan Matta, do you have one of those uh, handsome looking tumblers? Look at that. It it looks good. Here, pull that thing in the middle. That does look good. Look at that. So maybe you're, you're maybe you're a metal on metal guy and you want to just acknowledge that there it is with some suspendables merch. You can dress them up any way you like. So you can you our, our, our sponsors tend to play really well together and they don't overlap. There's mine. It's in green. It's given OD green a new look. It, it matches with all my workout equipment, which I'm nerdy enough to buy an OD green. Go to PatriotCoolers.com, PatriotCoolers.com. Check them out. If there's something there that tickles your fancy, you can use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. Gives you 10% off. It looks really good with Suspendables decal, so you can go to the-suspendables.com and dress it up. Double whammy. You can just support our show all the way, if you so choose. Don't spend money you don't have. But if you have it and you're looking like, hey, man, I would like a cold beverage. I would like a beverage that is going to stay hot. You probably don't want 32 ounces of coffee or you're going to end up sounding like Kyle Serafin as you walk around. And most people can't handle that in their daily life. That is a that is a power that takes great responsibility. Would you agree? Yeah, Ryan's over here. Definitely, definitely. Most people can't yeah. run at 150 miles an hour right off the jump. But if you want to keep your hot or cold beverage, hot or cold, check out PatriotCoolers.com. And we really do appreciate them. They've been fantastic to us. Okay, you know who's not fantastic? Everybody that's throwing money at Ukraine. I didn't realize that we adopted the Ukrainian people as our personal ward. I didn't know that we took on responsibility for all of their debts. We talked about it last week, another 60-minute piece, where they were fawning over the fact that we were keeping their custom knitting operations and their small businesses in order on a street named after John McCain, someone I am not a fan of, that John McCain. Like I said, he came and spoke at my college graduation, and I could do with... Never seeing a recorded John McCain speech again. Just an absolute absurd human being. Uh, you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, but uh, man, that guy was one of the worst. And he might be, he might have a, 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 a usurper to the throne. And that usurper is a man named Lindsey Graham. Now, he's a man with a woman's name that's probably appropriate. For some reason, people, including my mother, thought he has children. Lindsey Graham has no children. He has no wife. He claims that he almost married a stewardess one time. I don't know. Is that like a thing that you would say if you're trying to cover up? Like Lindsey Graham is one of the weirdest creatures. He looks like he's made of slime. He speaks in an oily, slimy way. And the things he say are greasy like a turd if you just were drinking castor oil. 
It's it's truly nauseating to hear Lindsey Graham speak right now. One of those weird moments you saw Trump on stage with him in South Carolina. I don't care why anyone thought that was a good idea. It's nauseating to me to associate yourself with this guy. And uh, and he's one of those classic McCarthy type guys, these swamp creatures that wears the American flag and the Ukrainian flag. Does anyone ever have, have we ever had an association with Ukraine the way we have in the last year and a half? It's so strange. It's so strange. Nobody cared about Ukraine my entire life until five seconds ago. And now we are throwing tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars at them to do what? My wife picked up something that was really, really interesting the other day about the way that things are spoken about. They talk about um, how there was this this guy who's supposedly a sniper. He's like a he's called like the ghost of something or other. He's some mercenary that's out there shooting people in Ukraine and he's shooting Russians. And they talk about how he's killing the enemy. He's killing the enemy like there are enemy, not Ukraine's enemy or opposing forces. We have adopted the fact that we are now in a in one of these like really simple, um, you know, what do they call them? It's like the light and dark. This is just like simple child story. The Russians are the bad guys. That's the narrative. And the Ukrainians are the good guys, even though most people on the conservative side, one, don't care. And two, do not want to be funding it. I've got this video. Did, did we get that video pulled? Were we able to get that, uh, the Lindsey Graham video? Yes, sir. All right. Let's get a little taste of, there he is. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think he's a rhino. I think this is just what the real Republicans are about. Let's get a little video taste of this slimy man giving some slimy speak about why we need to stand with Ukraine. You guys are going to get to hear it in your own words or his own words, rather. I don't know. It's nauseating. Let's just do it. And let's, let's just let's just take it like ripping off a Band-Aid. We just better listen to it and see what he says. Disaster aid. Mm -hmm. Well, when it comes to the House yeah. <laughs> and the, the idea that we got to move swiftly, right? Right. The White House told Republican leadership that they don't have enough funding for Ukraine to make it through 45 days and the authorities they have are insufficient. Yeah. Well, so how much time are you talking about needing? You know, I've been around a while I'm wearing a pen. Do you think I would leave Ukraine? I don't believe that one bit. This same White House says we don't need F-16s. We don't need high Mars. We don't need tanks. I've lost confidence in their evaluation of what's going on in Ukraine. We've got a bunch of allies. They can help for six weeks. The allies have spent more money in Ukraine than we have. And when you hear otherwise, it's just not true. It's been good burden sharing, but I'm not worried about the next six weeks. I'm worried about next year. We will produce in the United States Senate, Ukraine funding 60 or 70 billion, not 24, to get them through next year. We will have a border security measure that is strong and we will have additional disaster aid because the nation needs it. We're gonna do those three things. And I'm hoping our House colleagues will react positively to it. I think Kevin is the right guy at the right time. The only way he loses his job is if a handful of Republicans join up with the Democratic Party to fire him. That would be a disaster for They're the future out. of the Republican Party. That's not going to happen. Kevin has the overwhelming confidence of his membership. He worked to avoid a shutdown. Mm -hmm. He will help Ukraine, but he's telling everybody in the country, including yep. me, you better send something over for the border for me to help Ukraine. And he's right to make that demand. All right, stop it right there. Understand, but you're look, you're you better send something over my mouth. for the border. Did you throw up? Oh, I threw up twice. Okay. Just choke that down or spit it out. Take, you know, you need a spit bucket there. You need a spittoon, like an old fashioned brass thing that when you watch Lindsey Graham speak, he said, you better send something over for the border so we can help Ukraine. Do you hear them just mixing it up? They just put a smoothie together of things that they think you care about. 
you need to help Ukraine because our border problem. Like, what in the actual hell? How in the world does throwing billions of dollars at a foreign war that we have not declared war on, on a geopolitical foe that we have not declared as an actual combatant enemy, how is that somehow related to the United States getting invaded? And I know that you could probably run endless B-roll. In fact, if you get so inclined, just feel free to show some videos of of uh, of these these Border Patrol agents lifting up the fence. Like, we're seeing our southern border absolutely overrun on purpose, under policies that this guy in the White House is dealing with. And then you've got Lindsey Graham, who's theoretically, he's representing a pretty conservative state as a senator, but he's got that pin. And you know that pin means he's getting, what, is he getting paid? Like, under what scenario do his constituents want all of the money that we could be doing with maybe taking care of veterans? We got homeless veterans in South Carolina. I know for a fact I've seen them, right? We've got uh, other things that we could be spending. How about roads? They're not fantastic. We, why do we spend things like the infrastructure bill, the Build Back Better plan that we keep hearing about? No, we need to launder a ton of money and send it over to Ukraine for God knows what reasons. And we need to give them F-16s, which I heard was what you would need to be able to conquer American citizens from our president. Isn't that what it needs? Your AR-15 is not going to be successful because they have F-16s? Uh-huh. It's actually, I've got a sticker on one of my safes that says that. Will not protect you from F-16, these weapons. They're just hand weapons. Uh, we need to give them high Mars. We need to give them advanced. Uh, we need to give them anti-tank weapons and so on. Why? Like we're using American, we're proxy warring against the Russians. To, to what advantage? It's totally bizarre. It's totally bizarre that we would send this kind of money over. And then he's out there acting like Kevin McCarthy has all the support of the people in the base. Look, overwhelmingly, I think we see that Matt Gates is actually doing the thing that we put him in there, that that people in Florida put him there to do. He's in a very red district. He's in a very red state. He's representing some very red ideas, which is stay the hell out of these weird uh, these weird foreign wars. We're good with that. You, you already screwed up pulling out of Afghanistan. Let's not try to get in a protracted World War III, uh, even proxy-wise, with Russians. They just love spending money, and they can't help it. And then you've got... And you've got the other thing here that apparently there was some backdoor deal. You heard how he said uh, McCarthy did the right thing because he avoided a government shutdown. Have we talked on this show about why we should have a government shutdown? The upside is this. Americans, the most dangerous thing about a government shutdown, I think I actually commented to Matt Gates's Twitter feed on this. He probably has seen it because he follows me. One of the most dangerous things for the so-called uniparty, for the Lindsey Graham types, is that a government shutdown simply reveals one simple fact. Nobody cares if you don't work for the government. If you shut down the American federal government, you will not see a difference if you are a regular person who doesn't work for the federal government. I'll just say it again. It's happened before. In 2020, most of the federal government went to telework in a way that most of them have not even returned from. That's why only 25% of the government headquarters of the 24 that they checked, like less than 25% of the occupancy. They're asking for new buildings. They're asking for new leases. Because they want to go out there and uh, throw some construction contracts at their buddies, whether it be in Virginia or Maryland for the FBI. They need a double a double headquarters, the size of the, you know, bigger than the Pentagon. But for what? Most places are not even using the space that they have. They're not even using the government space they have because the government is incredibly inefficient and does almost nothing for you at the level that it gets to. It starts up up here. It spends a bunch of money around for people that are mostly useless. The average government employee does almost nothing. I've experienced a lot of them. You have to thank most employees that are support employees for doing their job and they don't even do it well. 
If I got somebody to send a package for me and their job was sending packages, you'd have to thank them profusely for sending a package and they would send it to the wrong place. I would send evidence to like the New York field office and it would end up in Buffalo. Well, it's still in New York, but it's not New York City. It's in the same state and they would think that was good enough. That the whole idea that, uh, you know, close enough only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades and government work. That's the third piece. Government work, close enough. It's good enough for government work means it's not very good at all. And if you ran a business the way the government runs a business, you would be out of business. The only reason the government can do it is because they just hit the print button and they just print more money, which we are now starting to experience in a big, big way. They took some of all the gains that Reagan did back in the 80s, the hard pricing. And, and now we're seeing, I think they just bumped it straight up to 8% again. Anyway, in the back door of this continuing rev resolution, which is basically a kick the can down the line. And for me, I'm wondering... And for the first time, I'm wondering if in 1997, Vince Flynn was talking about term limits and the only way that you take this government is back by force. Did they kick that can with this sort of continuing resolution idea where that what did that move on? Did they just take advantage of the crisis? I'm not speculating on what uh, happened on 9-11. I'm speculating on the reaction to it. Did they just see this as a way to do a quote unquote continuing resolution, another business as usual for 25 years and build up more deep state apparatus? and keep propping up these Lindsey Grahams. If you think about it, a lot of the people, including the woman who put forward that continuing resolution, the one who, who put forward the, uh, the resolution in the House, the so-called clean CR, she's been in Congress since before 9-11, right around the time when Vince Flynn was writing that book, Term Limits, and seeing that the American people were absolutely fed up, that there was a, there was a, a taste, a, a desire, a longing for a return to the American federal system in a way that we had just gotten so far away from it. And we, we had a, our eye off the ball for about another 20 years because of what happened on 9-11. And in many ways, I think it made it capable of getting far, far worse than it could have been in the late 90s because we were pretty damn fed up by that point in time. It's just interesting because that's about when I was coming online with my brain. I was coming out of high school and looking around and going like, this is, this is you know, does your vote matter? Think about that. Think about how many people think their vote doesn't matter. It's an awful lot of people. You had an interesting clip from a Barack Obama. We're going to throw that up there. Um, you want to you want to cue that sucker up? This is Barack Obama kind of gaslighting you, telling you about how the political right does things. You tell me if this doesn't ring true. This is what we would call projection in the psychology sphere, where they tell you all the things they're doing, but they attribute it to the opposite person. They attribute it to an external tormentor when it's actually the actions they're taking. You want to play that clip? I, didn't, I know we didn't cue it up on there, but you got that thing ready to go, Ryan? Understand, it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. That's it. And it goes along lines with all the things that are being said about when they talk about my truth, a subjective truth. There is no such thing. There is only a truth. And it usually has a capital T. It's not true social, folks. Okay, there is a eternal truth and it is the thing that happened. Now, we all get a little insight into what that thing is, but uh, that eternal truth is 
a little bit more complicated than the subjective nature that you're trying to get trotted out here in these mainstream media pieces. Let's do um, let, let's do this this piece about Matt Gates, what he actually says in his own words, because he went on, he goes into some hostile territory and talks. He is under fire. We're going to do video number eight. I want you to do that. And then we're going to talk a little bit last. There's a. Uh, like I said, the truth will always come out. And we're going to get back to that. We're going to come back to truth with a capital T in one second here. Let's do video eight first. Let's just see what Matt Gates' response to all this kind of nasty stuff. The fact that they were trying to backdoor some Ukrainian funding into the CR, that he's actually, Kevin McCarthy's actually promised this to Democrats. Really nauseating stuff. But luckily, there are people like Matt Gates out there who are willing to take the slings and arrows. So let's run video eight. Speaker McCarthy made an agreement with House conservatives in January. And since then, he has been in brazen, repeated material breach of that agreement. Uh, this agreement that he made with Democrats uh, to really blow past a lot of the spending guardrails we'd set up is a last straw. And then overnight, I learned that Kevin McCarthy had a secret deal with Democrats on Ukraine. So as he was baiting Republicans to vote for a continuing resolution without Ukraine money, saying that we were going to jam the Senate on Ukraine, he then turns around and makes a secret deal. Now, I know you and I probably have different views on. That's it. He just told you he made a secret deal. He's out there. This is the guy that Lindsey Graham said has all the support of the Republicans. That tells you everything you need to know about who the Republicans are. I've said it on the show before. I will say it again. I continue to say it. We actually said it to uh, Victoria Sparks because I'll just tell people what I think. It looks like the Republicans are in it to lose slowly for us. They're losing our, our money. They're losing our authorities. They are certainly not governing it with any sort of ability. And they're just showing us that they want to lose this country more slowly. They're paying, playing defense and they're playing it poorly. And Democrats are in it to win it. They're out there lying to you. They're playing by whatever rules they make up. They're playing the uh, what the, we used to say in the in the special operations community. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's how Jamal uh, Bowman goes out there and pulls a fire alarm and then gets coverage. He's cheating. He's cheating. I don't know what he's cheating. He's just doing weird things. They said, hey, are you committing extradition? He says, no, no, I was confused. I was clearly confused because these signs are really hard. Even though I used to be the principal of a school and run fire drills, I have no idea how these systems work. And everyone goes like, oh, of course, like he can't. I don't know if that's the bigotry of uh, the soft bigotry of low expectations or if it's just the fact that we accept and, and it's not you. But it's we as a country, except these idiots out there running the game, this progressive squad, they will attack on every single level and they will attack just the fundamental foundations of what is truth. They'll just go out there and tell you a lie because it erodes the fundamental foundations of what is actually going on. And once you stop believing anything that you're, you're hearing, you just go, everything's fake, then anything's possible. Once you pull that anchor of truth, then all things are possible and they can sell you any goods they want, particularly if you're buying. People on the political left definitely seem to be doing that. All right, let's talk about truth with a capital T. This is kind of fun. This is the this is the backlash when you start doing that. When you start pushing people, they start looking around and go, oh my God, is there is there one way to do something that just we can all agree on? And it turns out there's always been something out there. You tell me what this guy, Joe Rogan, who is a, he's not a religious person, but I'll be damned if he's not walking right up next to it. Let's go ahead and play that. This is video number six. Uh, I think you guys might know what he's talking about, even if he doesn't. Let's go ahead and run that. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about this yesterday. We were talking about uh, how complex the human mind is and how complex life and society is. But yet there's no real management book. Like there's no real there's no document that shows you this is the optimal way to exist and these are the pitfalls of existing other ways. 
that, you know, you have these human reward systems built in and they can be hijacked by these various things. And this is the way the human body and the human mind exist optimally. And for whatever reason, there's no real structure that people can follow that's universally agreed upon. You know, like if you like, say if you're a mechanic, right, and you're working on an engine, like it's, it's, there's very clear documents that show you, like these are the pistons, this is the spark plug, this is the carburetor, if it's not clean, it'll do this, this is the problem with the gas line, and you have to fit it this way and that way. And so you do it all right, and then boom, it starts up and it works. And you can fix things that way, and you can build things that way. We don't really have that for the most complex thing that we're aware of, which is human existence. Yeah. Interesting. We don't really have that, do we, Joe? We don't really have the thing uh, like a manual or a guidebook that would walk you along on how to have an optimal existence. Ah, interesting. Why is that? Well, maybe you should go and read the Old Testament. And what you'll see is, is that there's a plan and there are some commandments. They call them God's law. And if you don't follow that, then you end up in a really, really ugly place. The, uh, the ancient Israelites experienced it for us as a harbinger of what is to come when you don't follow God's law. It, it's, a, it's a cycle. I said it the other day. You, you read kids' uh, Bible stories, and you can get there. Even in very simple terms, children understand. There is a rule. You don't follow the rule. You have uh, exile, or you have plague, or you have death or destruction that is meted out upon you. You have repentance. This is the cycle of humanity. And once you repent... You come back, you start following God's law, things start going well again, then you get cocky. This is the same story. It's the it's the story of light and dark. It's the story that we heard about the other day um, from True Detective. It's the story of all of mankind. It's always the same. It never changes. It turns out that if you get away from your purpose, if you get away from these commandments, if you get away from the way that you can optimally live, you will experience something that is not optimal. It is fundamentally unfun for people. And it is the same story as hearing about how strong men, these are men who follow God's laws, who, who follow the, uh, the, the manual, the rule book that Joe Rogan is looking for. Strong men, they create good times. Those good times create soft men. Those soft men, they think they are too good for the rules. They go Lindsey Graham on us, and then they create hard times. Those hard times bring back strong men. It's always there. I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give Joe Rogan just a little heads up here. He may have ever heard of this. This is called the Beatitudes. These were eight ideas. These were additions to the Ten Commandments in a much more profound way. This is the uh, the message of the, of the New Testament. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. That doesn't mean the weak. The meek. Those who have strength but choose not to use it, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be fulfilled. I know Garrett loves these. Blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. These are the rules. They're right there. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I would say that number eight are the suspendables. Not me specifically. Just suspendables are people that are persecuted for righteousness. So be suspendable. Do the right thing. Be persecuted for righteousness and know that there is more to it. There is far more to it. There is almost uh, a, a guidebook for human happiness, it turns out. 
it's out there. You can find it. It exists. I want to play one more video because it's not all bad out there in the world. There are people that are laughing. There are people that are making jokes. This one is a good joke. This is a friendly reminder that if you go out into nature and, and the real story of nature is the population density decreases when you get into nature, when you walk on a trail, you can see your neighbors as people instead of threats, instead of people that are competing for resources. You can just go out and enjoy the beauty of creation. So let's play this little funny video we have right here. This is uh, video number seven. Uh, folks, this is a, a black comedian making fun of white people on a trail in a way that I think is so loving and true. So go out there and do the thing that they're, they're making fun of because they're actually, they're actually paying some homage to doing the right thing in nature. Go ahead and play a video number seven for me. It says white people on a hike. You're gonna love the view. It's wet down there. Oh, is your guys' first time? Yeah. Yeah, just like keep going down straight. The waterfall is gonna be on the left. You're gonna love it. Watch your step. She's so green. The color. It's worth it. <laughs> it is worth it. Get outside, people. Get out there and meet your neighbors. Like I said, go put up some Halloween decorations. Go do the things that we always used to do. Go connect with people that are human beings. Get off social media. Uh, introduce them to this podcast. Let them know that there's something that's a little bit more positive in the world. We'll always try to do it. I know you guys were puking from seeing Obama and seeing Merrick Garland and seeing Lindsey Graham, which are all the same sort of people. But uh, there is something nice out there. Go out there and be on a trail. Breathe a couple of breaths of fresh air. And suddenly you'll realize it's not all bad. It's not all terrible. There is a lot of beautiful creation that you can enjoy. And uh, that's the only possibility for a government shutdown being bad is that they would lock down those national parks. You know what the upside is? If nobody's manning the national parks, you can still get into them because they're just dirt, ground, rocks, trees, all the beauty of creation, rivers. Go out there and do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we do appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, the Kyle Serafin Show is streamed live from Liberty Hill, Texas at 930 every weekday. If you have not done it already, please give us a like on Rumble. Give us that thumbs up. And if you want to support our show, you can share it. You can share the videos. You can share the audio. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. And on Apple, we are closing in on 725 five-star reviews, including this one right here. This one is from Slim Jr. It says, a must-hear sit rep on Late Stage Empire USSA. God, that's dark. Kyle's the deep state's work nightmare, a former Fed coat who went off the reservation, a true patriot who knows where all the bodies are buried and regularly lays them out for public viewing in the electronic town square. If you were radicalized in high school civics class, you'll feel right at home with this podcast. Great stuff, Kyle. Please tell us about what happens during the swatting and tossing of Americans' homes and what people can do to keep their guns safe from forced buybacks. We'll talk about buybacks another day for sure. Thanks, Slim Jr. We appreciate it. I don't know about this term fed coat, but it's out there. Actually, Ryan, throw that back up on the screen one more time. I want to read something really funny. There it is. Okay, if you look below it, there's somebody from, uh, it's called Bro Bobs, and he says, I'm unfollowing. <laughs> I will be unfollowing if I wanted to hear about bashing Trump, I would watch CNN. That's it, folks. If you don't want to hear what I have to say, just unfollow. That's okay. I don't take it personally. We're going to tell you what we think. Trump's not perfect. There was somebody who came to this earth that was perfect. It wasn't Donald Trump. If he can't admit that, then we're all screwed. So we're not taking shots at somebody for fun. We're just taking constructive criticism and hoping that we do better because we want to live in an America that we all want our kids to be in. Thanks for joining us today. We really do appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a safe Lovely beginning of October. It's getting nice out there. Go out there and meet your neighbors. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on rumble.com slash kyleserafin. 
Follow Kyle on Twitter and True Social at Kyle Serafin.